You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. Shelley Batra. Dr. Batra is a gynecologist, author of best-selling book, Intimate Self, and 20 Minutes to Total Fitness. She is also president of Operation ASHA. Thank you, Dr. Batra, for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Pickard. Dr. Batra, could you tell us a little bit about Operation ASHA? Operation ASHA is a non-for-profit organization that aims to bring tuberculosis treatment to the doorstep of slum dwellers. The problem we find in tuberculosis treatment is that though the government is pitched in by having these large central hospitals, free diagnostic facilities, free consultation by physicians, the medicines are not so easily available at a convenient time and place to the patients. Now, the entire duration of treatment is, say, six to seven months. And in this duration, the patient has to take the medicine in the presence of a volunteer. It's a directly observed therapy. And medicines are not given for home consumption. So if the center where the medicine is available is far away from the patient's house, he finds it difficult to spend the time and the money to go to such a center. So basically, Operation ASHA is providing a chain of uh, low-cost, easily accessible centers run by volunteers at a time and place convenient to patients, so no patient needs to walk more than, say, 20 minutes to take his medicine, which he can do early in the morning and late in the day so that he doesn't have to miss his livelihood. I know there are many languages and many dialects in India. Yes. How do you get around this, or is this one of the real advantages of having a local clinic where at that clinic you might be able to speak the dialect that's common in that area? We are choosing our volunteers from the community. For example, if there is one slum area where we want to start a dot center, so we choose a volunteer from that particular area who is either a social religious worker or a social worker or a treated TB patient himself who knows the local population and is aware of the conditions, the socioeconomic conditions in which he lives and is probably respected in the community because he's the church official or he's the priest who performs the prayers at the temple. So this is how we get around the problem of communication. And not only that, we have hired our counselors and we try to hire the counselors from the same area where they are going to supervise the dot centers and where they're going to provide counseling to the patients. So this is how we take care of the problem of the dialects. How many dot centers are there, and how many patients are you seeing daily? In other words, what is the incidence of tuberculosis in India at the present time? Uh, Incidence of uh, tuberculosis is mind-boggling. The figures are absolutely amazing. We have 2.2 million new cases every year in India, and half a million deaths. And every fourth person infected with tuberculosis is an Indian. We have the dubious distinction of having not only the sheer uh, largest number of patients in our country, but also the highest patient density per million population in our country. How many dot centers do you have, and does it cover the entire... We've, we've talked about some dwellers, but are you also reaching out into rural areas, and how many centers do you have throughout the entire country? We have worked only in Delhi so far. We started 10 months back, And within a span of 10 months, we have 35 dot centers. And a total of 650 TB patients are being treated as of now in these centers. And 60 new cases are being added every month to all our centers. 35 centers is very, very inadequate for a country like India. 
And this is why we want to expand in a very big way. Does your organization have data that shows that Operation Asha is making a difference? Oh, yes, Dr. Pickard. Operation Asha is making a tremendous difference in the lives of TB patients because our work has improved accessibility to the TB patients. For example, we started our first center in an area, Iraq Pickers Colony, and we started with four patients in that area. And we were told by the local TB authorities that there are only four patients, but if you want to serve, you may go ahead and start your TB center, which we did. Now, within a few months, we were so overwhelmed by the number of TB patients coming that not only had we to open a second center, but also a third center within a short span of a few months. And now we have more than 120 patients being treated in the same area. Now, where were the remaining 116 patients? They were simply not coming forward because the existing dot center was more than five miles away. And these people could not commute by bus and spend money or time going to the existing dot centers. But when Operation Asha's dot center came up, our diagnosis and our treatment went up tremendously. With this marvelous idea, where do you see your organization going? Uh, we have a lot of future plans, Dr. Pickard. And first and foremost, we would like to convert other nonprofits to our model. And the British organization TB Alert, within three months of our starting, has anyway adopted our model of a low-cost effective system using volunteers, volunteer time, and volunteer space in order to minimize costs. And we would like to act as a resource center and support other nonprofits so that more and more people can have a greater impact with less funds and treat more patients, serve more people with less amount of money. Our future plans now include increasing our number of centers from 35 centers to 2,000 centers in the next three years. And for this, definitely, we require a lot of advice, a lot of management models, and, of course, funds, which may sound a lot, but no other model will provide a leverage of 1 is to 35, which is what the donors like to know, that this is how we are utilizing every dollar effectively that is given to us. I've seen where the Harvard Business Review has championed this self-sustaining financial model. Is this what you're talking about? Oh, yes. We will become self-sustaining. Now, our costs are, when I say $10 for a treated patient, let me now talk of one dot center. It takes $1,000 to support one dot center for one year. But within two years, our dot centers become self-supporting because there is a grant given by the Indian government which is equal to $10 per treated patient. So within two years, our centers become self-supporting. I see that you're a gynecologist and you've written two books. Both those books deal with self-help and knowledge that women should know about their health, but very little of it has to do with tuberculosis. Oh, yes. How did you make this transition? Uh, well, uh, Dr. Pickard, I have been very happy with my work in gynecology. I love my patients. I love operating. I love surgery. At the same time, though I've been in private practice for the past 20 years, I've realized that I'm, I'm helping individual patients a lot by taking care of the gynae problems. But I'm not having any impact on community health, and my contribution to global health has been negligible. And I have one life to live. I should, I should do something that is more fruitful apart from my own gynae work. This is why I got into tuberculosis. 
Now, there is no smallpox in the world. There is no plague. Why should we have tuberculosis? That is essentially a treatable disease, and the medicines are for free. Why are we not able to treat it? Why are the numbers increasing? And when I studied the problem, I realized the only problem in the whole situation was that the medicines were not available to the patients at a convenient time and place. And I thought by having a simple model, I could have a tremendous impact. And another thing I felt is that tuberculosis is a scar on the face of the earth. It is a shame. It is something horrifying. That's something that is simply treated by uh, anti-TB medicines, like, like an infection being treated by antibiotics. We are not able to treat. The numbers are escalating. We are not getting the message across that it can be treated. It is not a social stigma, and it is not fatal, so don't be scared of it. And there's such a lot of work to be done in global health. I want to do my bit in this lifetime. In your practice, did you feel that women in India were marginalized and therefore were less likely to come forward to seek help? That is uh, true to a large extent. Women uh, in India, of course, now more and more women are coming forward for their rights. But at the same time, if there are two children suffering, then with the same disease, say tuberculosis, the boy child will be attended to much faster. And it it has been seen that girl girl children, the little girls come very late for treatment because patients tend to be a little passive about it. So uh, women are sort of marginalized. And young girls who have tuberculosis, the parents are very, very frightened of the neighbors getting to know, the family getting to know, because they will find it difficult to be accepted in the community and, most important, to be married off. It will be very difficult for a young girl who is known to be tuberculosis to get married. And uh, we have to respect their privacy on this account. So it's a form of discrimination. Would you also see people with tuberculosis be discriminated in the workplace? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Especially the workers, uh, the the worker class, those who are the daily wagers or those who are on the low-paying jobs, they cannot disclose they have tuberculosis because they're just simply told to leave. That happens very often. Of course, if there is a president of an organization running his own company, no one can fire him. Then a lot of your work has to be education. Yes, TB education and TB counseling is the major part of our work. We start our dot centers. We start treating patients by counseling them first upon the importance of taking care of themselves, their health, of completing the entire regimen prescribed to them, avoiding default. We ensure patient compliance. And our counselors go not only at the beginning of the treatment, but also during the treatment. And if a patient misses a single dose, then the the counselor goes to his house to explain the whole thing. And if necessary, the patient is brought back to me or to the other senior uh, members in the organization for a personal discussion. What do you do with a patient who has multiple drug resistance to tuberculosis? We will have to refer them essentially to the government hospitals because we have no facilities. We have no free treatment. The WHO does not provide the drugs for for drug-resistant tuberculosis. So we are forced to refer them. You're in the United States right now. What has brought you here? What has brought me here? Well, United States is a wonderful country, and I have received an overwhelming response from the, from the Americans. And another thing I adore about United States is the spirit of giving and the spirit of philanthropy and the wish, the intense desire to help others, and where service comes before self. This is why I'm here in the United States again and again. Uh, but from a very practical point of view, What I want from the U.S. is technical advice on governance and audit, because now we are planning to expand from 35 centers to 2,000 centers involving Delhi and the neighboring areas, the neighboring states. And this kind of governance 
will require a lot of help from my friends in the U.S. And also I will require more funds because, as I said, each center requires $1,000 a year to establish, and the 2,000 centers coming up, we are looking towards funds as well. You know, the United States has let tuberculosis kind of slide off the front page, but I'm sure that your being here will once more make us aware of this disease, and certainly in a global world, that this is a disease that may not be in the United States right now, but having it in India makes it very, very close to our borders. I want to thank you. This has been really very, very helpful. I want to thank you for talking about Operation Asha, and I wish you great success. You've been our guest, and we've been discussing how DOTS, direct observation of treatment, has become a low-cost way of treating this disease. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.